Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, this is the fourth episode of BusinessWise on the subject of public relations. And I promise you this, this is our most hair-raising episode to date. If you get through this episode without your guts churning, I'll send you your very own that a boy or that a girl, whichever is appropriate, in writing, signed by yours truly. Okay, quick recap on what we've covered so far. The bonus episode a couple of weeks ago defined PR. The next episode defined black PR or more correctly stated black propaganda. And then the last episode we did covered the first four steps in how to handle black propaganda when you have become the target of a black PR campaign. Well, this week, we're going to cover the final three steps to handling black propaganda. And while this is going to be an intensely interesting episode all by itself, do re-listen to the earlier episodes before you start handling a black propaganda campaign being run on you, large or small. Or you might end up like my childhood best friend who went to one karate class and then uh, after that went and picked a fight with the school bully. And anyway, I had to practically bring him home to his mother on a stretcher. So you don't want to do that. In fact, uh, even better, look up the reference on it. If you have uh, access to some of Mr. Hubbard's works on management, the date of the article is 21 November 1972, How to Handle Black Propaganda. Very important reference. It's a long one. That's why it's taken us. uh, This is our third episode from this one reference. Just a quick review. Black propaganda is defined by Mr. Hubbard in 21 November 1972. Black equals bad or derogatory. Propaganda equals pushing out statements or ideas. This is the term used to destroy reputation or public belief in persons, companies, or nations. It is a common tool of agencies who are seeking to destroy real or fancied enemies or seek dominance in some field. Alan Hubbard. So you can see uh, examples of the use of black propaganda, large and small, it can be affecting an entire country, a notable individual in that country, a celebrity, for instance, people who influence the lives of millions. But it can also be something that's going on with regards to one of your employees within a small group of your company. It could be something leveled at you by someone within the company, or it could be uh, an external source originating black propaganda against your company or your group, whatever it is that you're dealing with. If you're doing anything worthwhile, for reasons you will soon learn, you're likely to get attacked. And this has been typical of human, or perhaps better stated, humanoid nature over the centuries since long before Christ. Your choices would be, okay, you could withdraw and be quiet and do nothing of significance in this world, or you could just learn the technology of how to handle attacks on oneself, because you're going to get attacked if you're trying to do anything meaningful. Such attacks in the current culture, until they start dragging people from their homes and incarcerating them in psychiatric wards. Now, wait a minute. I think that they're already doing that. Uh, or, or anyway, just putting dissenters in front of firing squads. Actually, I think they're doing that in some places too. Anyway, even with the illegal seizure and violence against people of goodwill and in violation of their human rights, even such violent attacks are almost always preceded by a black propaganda campaign, as we covered in earlier episodes. 
something to reduce the reputation of an individual or group so that no one will stick around to defend them when such drastic violent actions are then taken. But today, in today's society, uh, black propaganda is the weapon of choice to do in one's fellows. Now, perhaps on a smaller scale, uh, though still quite capable of ruining life, you can end up being unjustly fired from your job, estranged from your family, have your business destroyed through the, uh, any of these things, through the employment of a concerted black propaganda campaign. So you better know what black propaganda is and how to deal with it. And so now we're going to pick up where we left off in our last episode. In our last episode, we covered the first four steps of how to handle black propaganda. Today, we're going to cover the final three steps. As mentioned, you will learn something from this. I'm not proposing that you stop this podcast and then go and listen to the one before it so that you can get something out of this one. You will get something out of this one, but then go back and listen to the earlier episodes. And then I would recommend you re-listen to this one, particularly if you feel this subject has a lot of uh, relevance to you and your life and your current circumstance or potentially future circumstance. Okay. You're an up and comer. All right. So, uh, step five of how to handle black propaganda is from Mr. Hubbard. Again, quoting from this reference, I'll just repeat the date. Don't lose track of where this is coming from. 21 November, 1972. Step five. Carefully study out the scene. He says here, the technology of finding who is shooting is very vast, but the core of it is filing, as in making files. Okay. So now I go on to quote Mr. Hubbard all PR, public relations, all PR is expensive in time or money or both. And nowhere is it more time consuming than in locating the source of a black propaganda campaign. So he's saying now you got to study out the scene because you got to find out where are these bullets coming from? For sure, we're dodging bullets. For sure, we're handling, uh, as you learned last uh, week, we're handling some of these attacks, these lies through uh, disproving the rumors, through um, dead agenting the source, um, through filling the vacuum with positive news about who and what we are, positive public relations. But you better confront that this is coming from a source and you better learn how to carefully study out the scene. Well, just to repeat, he says, all PR is expensive in time or money or both. And nowhere is it more time consuming than in locating the source of a black propaganda campaign. But to live at all, one has to engage in this search at some time or other. One just keeps running down these tails until one locates the source. Now, remember, in the earlier steps, you are trying to find out, well, who told you this lie that we were stealing from our customers? Who told you that I was having an affair with uh, one of my customers? You know, like well, you want to try as best as you can to locate the source of where that person got it from. But that doesn't mean that you've located the source, the source. You understand the difference? So he says, one just keeps running down these tails until one locates the source. There can be more than one apparent source and these can be handled but they will at last lead to the real instigator. Okay, now this is very, very important, particularly in a, in a group where you've got a black propagandist hard at work uh, doing in the better staff by passing uh, rumors about them, lies about them. A little black propaganda campaign can be initiated 
and you start shooting way too soon, way, way, way too soon. Generally, most of the members will start shooting way too, or they don't shoot at all, which is ridiculous. They just let it go on. But, or they go after a while, they, I'm just fed up with this. And the next time I hear somebody say something and it's coming from Agnes, Agnes goes, you know, Agnes may not be the source. You follow me? So you get rid of Agnes and, um, a black propaganda continues. The, the, the strife within the office continues. So that's because you didn't do the step five of carefully studying out the scene. So he says, one just keeps locating names and filing them with dates. At length, one name file is very thick. That's your boy or association or company or nation. So that's your step five. So now different uh, regulations should be known by you, what you can keep in personnel records and files in your company, uh, depending on what state you're in, so forth, which country you're in. I have listeners from all over the world. Obviously, you should be accumulating files and uh, you should be accumulating reports of individuals, um, you know, if they're doing things that are in violation of the policies of the office or they're not being productive or they're passing on rumors or lies, et cetera. Those things should be written up and filed. Uh, nothing to say you can't keep your own file in your own locked drawer. If you're, if you're in the middle of trying to locate a source of black propaganda within the company or without, I urge you to start keeping your own records because otherwise you sort of remember this, you sort of remember that, write it down, file it, start accumulating files, start accumulating names and start accumulating files based on those names. It could be internal to the organization. It could be external to the organization. It could be an individual. It could be an association. But you will start noticing that one person or one group is coming up a lot more often than the others. And that is mainly done with an administrative cycle of filing. So if you don't like filing, get over it. Because in order to do this job, you can't just be Wyatt Earp and, you know, make a, make a short job of it at the, um, you know, uh, at the head of the street there, you just got to study the scene. Okay. So that's step five. Step six, impede or destroy. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that. Impede or destroy. He says, as you have been dead agenting, remember dead agent is to disprove a source of a lie or rumor so that that source is no longer creditable to the person who's passing on the lie. They go, wow, I, that, I wonder why you know, Tommy Smith told me that you were having an affair with a customer when it, clearly you're not. And what's in it? What's Tommy Smith up to? You see now that Tommy Smith is dead agented. Okay. As you've been dead agenting, as you looked, the tax get handled, the campaign ebbs and flows, but actually lessens. There are thousands of variations on finding the real who, but essentially it is just looking, dead agenting, filing, looking on and on. You are in this whole period handling. So, you know, while you're digging around and looking and studying out the scene, you better be handling at the same time. And as these bullets come your way, you dodge them or you uh, block them or whatever you do, but you handle, right? Then he goes on to say, once in a while, it happens fast. Now and then the black propagandist packs up and fades away before he is fully spotted. He becomes aware of the counteraction. So sometimes just the fact that you're doing this step, they will disappear. <laughs> Listen to this, very important. The usual action is a counter-propaganda campaign based on truth. Get that straight. It's you have that weapon. The black propagandist doesn't. You have that weapon of truth. 
Okay. Don't not use it. Stick with the truth. Goes on to say it is a long defined and hard learned fact that people who engage in black propaganda have big bursting crimes to hide. They do not have little crimes, they have big ones. One's own ability to confront evil may be too low to really grasp the black propagandist's crimes or believe they exist. Such people, and think about this because I bet anything, any of you, as I have, on my own track and experience, run into this, and so have you. Mr. Harvard says, such people are often sanctimonious hypocrites. Now, sanctimonious, worthwhile looking that one up. Uh, sanctimonious means making a show of being morally superior to other people. Sanctimonious. So he says, such people are often sanctimonious hypocrites. They're usually arrogant and will not parlay. Parlay means have conferences with a foe. That's an LH definition right in the sentence. They're usually arrogant and will not parlay, have conferences with a foe. They appear so terribly sure they are right that it fairly shakes one's confidence that they could ever do anything wrong. Oh my goodness. I am, uh, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm old enough to have gone through many years of experience of, you know, being attacked by some sanctimonious guy or gal who seems to have everything right and they're, they're so perfect and you're such a dog. It's quite introverting. Uh, only to discover that they have, like Mr. Hubbard says here, crimes of their own and significant ones that usually come out. And then you feel like a real jerk because you were buying into all that, right? No, keep your eyes open. Keep your confront in, okay? This is how you deal with this. So he goes on to say, thus the black propagandist is not detectable as such in many cases. The lordly institution, the lofty society, the glittering country are far, far above such a nasty psychotic trick as a studied, financed, expertly run campaign of vicious lies. Thus they are believed, or their servants are believed, and their campaigns can be very effective. So, you know, you're, you're being attacked by this holier-than-thou organization or society in the community. They have crimes, man. Believe it. And how many times have you already seen this in your own lives? Just, uh, I remember I was brought up, I uh, had a friend of mine that was, a, was actually a friend of my father's and quite a well-known artist by the name of Jerome Coel. And he used to tell me stories uh, as we were, as just a kid. And one of those was uh, how he dealt with his enemies. He said, you know, I go sit by the river. Our river was the St. Lawrence River in Montreal. He said, I go sit by the river and wait for their bodies to float by. Well, you will discover that that is not adequate. That is not an adequate remedy for the handling of black propaganda or attacks, but it is interesting that um, sooner or later, you know, uh, often not soon enough to save your reputation, to save your career, but eventually murder outs. And, uh, and the truth about these people generally will become exposed at some point or another. The point is, though, if you not track down the source and you do not get busy, uh, not only defending yourself, but uh, exposing truth, then uh, you may be one of their many, many casualties. And that's, that's not for you, okay? So he says, thus they are believed or their servants are believed and their campaigns can be very effective. But this makes them 
hard to suspect or detect, and it makes it hard to get anything bad about them believed. But under all this are real crimes, not stealing apples or pinching pennies as a child. Real crimes like extortion, blackmail, embezzlement, and mass murder are sitting in their closets. Believe that. For in the course of your counterattack, you may despair of ever finding anything, but you will find it. A lofty railroad, this is Mr. Hubbard, a lofty railroad, but secretly murdering anyone who opposed their land grabs, a minister of high renown, but a secret member of and taking orders from a murder mob, the biggest and, quote, most respected union leader in the country, but a numbered agent of a foreign intelligence service dedicated to destroying the country's fuel capacity and defeating its president. And each of these engaged in and never were suspected of black propaganda campaigns that ruined many lives. Bad guys tend to get rid of good guys. I think that's an interesting statement. Bad guys tend to get rid of good guys, sometimes for what they consider good reasons, sometimes for imagined reasons, sometimes because the bad guy just can't stand a decent, bright person. But there is no real truth in the bad guys always cause their own downfall. It may come, but it may be far too late to save the reputation or even life of the person being attacked by hidden campaigns. See that? That's why that philosophy of sitting by the river till our body floats by is not adequate. You, you better get active. You have to counterattack. Okay, and this is how you do it. And you do it with truth. Mr. Trevor goes on to say, therefore, it is vital to handle the matter. One can't just hope it will all go away. It won't. It will get disastrous to the degree that it is not handled. The less handling, the more disastrous. There is another hard-won truth, all capital letters, from Mr. Hubbard. Only counterattack handles. The fact is that just going on PRing oneself does not remove the effects of the campaign. And all too soon, one no longer has communication lines left in order to handle anything since reputation is so destroyed, no one will listen and no lines remain. If you think just by promoting your own good works, you can handle this. I don't want to attack anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to. No. One by one, your lines of communication will be cut. No one's believing you anymore. You know, you're a junior executive and a big company and somebody's jealous of you, maybe even see a little senior to you and they start, you know, nitpicking and passing around lies about you and you go, well, I'll just keep doing good work and I'll just keep showing up and I'll just keep, you know, presenting my products. And after a while, you know, you try to get an interview with the president to show him your latest accomplishment and, and, uh, and uh, presentation and he won't even see you. That's how effective a counter, uh, this black PR, black propaganda campaign. Mr. Trevor goes on to say, one has to fill the vacuum of the counter-propagandist's evil deeds. As these are never exposed to view, there is a vacuum there. See, you can't just promote your own stuff. you got to find out who your attacker is and expose them. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. So he says, um, so it takes time and work to reverse an attack because normal channels have to be reopened and reversed. It is done by attacks. But attacks which are not true earn suits, so one must attack only on proven ground. This requires a lot of hard search. However, a black propagandist often has many other enemies. These have sometimes gathered data. The principles are that when the subterminals are located, they are investigated and counterattacked. Then further investigation reveals closer terminals to the propagandist, and these are attacked. In short, one investigates and attacks. Always be ready to parlay. That is, have a conference and settle it. The arrogance of the black propagandist often forbids this. And when it does, it means longer and harder work. And if well done, his downfall. 
in any event, the attack is a long cycle, a complex cycle, and often an expensive cycle. It consists of investigate and attack. But remember, one must attack once he has any idea of the identity of the black propagandist or even his subterminals. There is no other way out. Any other course is death. That's step six. All right. I think we, Mr. Howard, made that point. So now we'll go on to step seven. Continue to fill the vacuum. Continuous good works and effective release of material about one's good works is vital, especially in the black propaganda war. One cannot just fight. I really wanted to make sure we emphasize this because step six, obviously, you can get so passionate about counterattack and that's, that's so consuming. But Mr. Hubbard says here, one cannot just fight. You are, in effect, advertising the other fellow when you expose him repeatedly. This gives you a new sort of vacuum. One becomes known as a fellow or company or nation that attacks blank. But who really is this fellow or company or nation? In other words, who are you? If all you're doing is counterattack, 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 that's all you're known for. So he says, pamphlets, brochures, press releases, one's own newspaper and magazines, one's own contacts with opinion leaders. These, and we'll talk more about opinion leaders in a future episode, but people who, who others listen to. These and many more must be supplied with a comprehensible identity of self. Distributing or using these when publicizes one's own good works. And one must also do good works. One can't just dedicate his life to eradicating the enemy, even when that is tempting. And it gets tempting because it's kind of fun sometimes, but it is not what you're there for. On the other hand, within the dictates of safety, one cannot hide continuously. One must, through his good works and actions, at least be visible. So a continual, truthful, and artful torrent of public relations pieces must occur. Then, one day, there is no enemy, and one's repute is high. There may be other attacks, but now one can handle them as small fires and not as a whole burning forest. And that's your final step. Okay. I just want to read this last summation from Mr. Hubbard because it is so brilliant and, and summarizes all this. The last section is called, What is Black Propaganda? I'll just read it in full and we'll wrap this up. Mr. Hubbard says, You can see that black propaganda is a covert attack on the reputation of a person, company, or nation using slander and lies in order to weaken or destroy. Defense presupposes that the target is not that bad. One does not have to be perfect to withstand such an attack, but it helps. But even if one were perfect, it would be no defense. Almost all the saints in history have been subjected to such attacks, and most of them died of it. The answer is PR technology skillfully applied. To be skillful in anything, one has to know it and be experienced in it and do, all capital letters, do it. As weary a task as it may seem to some, as heartbreaking as it can be, one still has to fight and fight with tools and technology and dedication superior to that of the enemy. But progressing and getting small gains, small penetrations, small little skirmishes and battles, one at length comes up to victory after victory and at last wins the whole war. One is saved. Elrond Hubbard. All right. That wraps it up for uh, this subject of black propaganda, what it is, how to handle it. Uh, again, don't make the mistake of my best friend uh, and think now that you've listened to a couple of episodes, you're a black belt. Make sure you uh, get a hold of this reference. If you want help 
getting some of these uh, references, just write us at info at wiseeastus.org and we'll uh, tell you where you can avail yourself of some of this material. A couple of different places you can get it, but you know, one thing's for darn sure, you really should be expert at it if you really want to thrive and if you really want to create an impact uh, in society of any kind or even just cut out a good life for yourself and your friends and your family. Uh, you need this on your uh, utility belt, Batman. So make sure you study this, learn it well, and of course, use it. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And uh, that's it for today's episode. And we will talk again next week.